You're listening to the Alter Ego Lounge podcast, building a community over coffee and comics. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Alter Ego Lounge podcast. Man, it has been a while since we have done one of these things. Uh, we've been super busy doing our marketing, our farmer's markets, getting out in the sun and serving coffee and comics to everyone. So it's nice to take a break and come back and do something that we love and talk to one of the people that we love. And we're in air conditioning. Oh, that is a Which huge. Which is nice. Yes. <laughs> that is a huge plus. We, we kind of planned it out like July. We're going to kind of maybe take a pause on doing the farmer's market and let's focus on indoor stuff. Yeah. So podcast. And was, we are in flip-flops. Yeah. We, this is full-fledged. <laughs> I was really close to wearing mine today, but then definitely I needed some kind, kind of morning. comic book apparel. Yeah, yeah. I got out of the van and was like, Dan was like, we're going to the beach? Like, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. After this podcast. Uh, so yeah, today we are shooting on location in lovely Redlands, California, and we are in Wild Goose Coffee Roasters, located in Redlands, California. This is the man, uh, Nathan Westwick. He goes by Nate. Either one. <laughs> the truth is, whatever you call me, I can't hear you, so <laughs> say what you will. But uh, yeah, this is... Uh, this <laughs> I'm is talking our... to you, the audience, not to you. <laughs> this, is our, uh, this is our coffee provider. This is where we get our uh, wonderful coffee that we serve to you. Nate, how did, how did you get into the coffee industry? I understand that you were on the path of doing something else prior to coffee. What was that? True. So I was, I was actually a high school math teacher. Yes. Um, taught for 15 years. And um, at some point in there, I thought I was moving in a career shift toward uh, ministry. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you guys that story, but I was, I was leaning in the direction of, of you know, becoming a pastor. And a friend of mine said, hey, I, I, think, um, I think you'd be more content doing something in the entrepreneurial sphere that had some kind of a social element to it. And um, so it kind of opened up what had been about seven years of latent thought of just like, oh my gosh, like I could use a business vehicle to do good. Um, coffee made perfect sense for a number of reasons, which, which I'll share in a second. But um, if we can use our capital creatively um, to benefit others, then that would be pretty dang sweet. And so um, almost overnight, probably was overnight, I started the business plan for Wild Goose Coffee and um, started rocking and rolling. It was great. So, but I do, as far as coffee specifically, I blame my mother. Okay. Yes. So um, she always raised our family in um, with a high value of good flavors. And so she's a heck of a cook. Um, when we moved from Orange County out to Yucaipa, uh, she would drive an hour out to Palm Springs to get the special blend of coffee that only was carried out there. That, you know, so for me growing up, it was just a normal thing. Like, okay, well, good coffee is worth the effort. And so worth going and getting. Yeah. And so I was always getting good coffee in college. This was before good coffee was a thing because I'm really old. Uh, <laughs> and so, <clears throat> um, so yeah, so it's, uh, you know, kind of a fun, fun industry. So where did you grow up? Um, from fifth grade on, I grew up in Yucaipa, California. Okay. Yeah. So prior to that was Orange County. So, and where did you teach? I taught at Yucaipa high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my alma mater. So graduated from Yucaipa high and then you know, fast forward a few years, and I'm actually peers and colleagues with some of the teachers that had me. Uh, my favorite moment was when one of my former teachers said, Nate, have you had a student like you yet? <laughs> and I laughed. I said, fortunately, no. <laughs> I was a good kid, but... Awesome. Yeah. How was the uh, transition from going from that, from the career change, going from that path to doing something completely, I mean, I don't know if it was completely new, but, a whole, you know, different, different ballgame. Yeah. I mean, my, my degree in my education is in math. And okay. so, um, so to go from math to running a business was, was a transition for sure. Um, I thought when I left teaching, so I, I actually taught for five years while getting Wild Goose off the ground. And so when it was time to make the leap, 
Um, we had planned it out pretty strategically and there was a financial, you know, what do you call it? Parachute, whatever you want to say. Like there, we, we had some, there, there was, it made sense to do it. <clears throat> and, uh, I honestly thought it would be the most freeing thing ever. And very shortly thereafter, I ended up in the hospital thinking I was having heart attacks, oh, man. multiple EKGs. My wife is like, no, it's just anxiety. I'm like, no, seriously, wow. I am dying. She's like, no, I've been living with anxiety my entire life. I'm telling you. And so hmm. finally we had to go to a specialist because there was an irregularity, yada, yada, yada. And the specialist said, no, you're good. And I'm like, no, I promise I'm not good. He's like, you're good. That is, that <laughs> That's is interesting. Crazy. Literally, It was terrifying. <laughs> last night I was watching a video. Another uh, coffee shop owner was going through the same thing. He was really excited about the buildup, uh, about getting everything done. But once he opened up doors, he was kind of depressed that it was not what he felt like. And mm -hmm. he went into like a depression after that. Yeah. So it does take a toll. It, it takes take a toll. Okay. Yes. Being a business owner, entrepreneur is uh, not for the faint of heart. Yes. It is delightful. <laughs> it is absolutely delightful. But it, there's <clears> definitely <throat> something about it that keeps you going, but it's definitely, you're right, not for the it's, faint of yeah, heart. Yeah, not for everyone. So was it just you by yourself that started Wild Goose or was it? Um, you know, any good operation always starts with an idea and is predicated on the fact that you have really good people around you to, to get things going. So um, <clears throat> we started off, excuse me, <clears throat> that's the uh, acidity in our Zambia coffee <laughs> speaking right there. So, uh, you know, I had the, the good fortune of having some really good people around me who believed in the mission of Wild Goose and donated probably literally hundreds of hours of literal just free time so that we could get this thing off the ground. So my brother played a very instrumental role. Um, he helped me out tremendously. Um, and I had about four or five other guys who, um, we, we started off at a local farmer's market and they literally every single week would come, you know, after work, they'd help, you know, volunteer at our booth and help spread the message. And, you know, the only compensation they got from it was uh, patio beers at my house afterwards. Awesome. So <laughs> that was about it. Were you allowed to talk about that on the podcast? Yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> well, we started off as alcohol and there you go. all that. Yeah, kinda, that's right. You yeah. kind of tamed it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's we right. might switch it up and put something in this coffee there later. There you go. <laughs> How was your experience doing the farmer's markets? How long were you guys doing that? What was your mm -hmm. setup like? Yeah, we did a, a booth, you know, just a little easy up booth for a year ish year and a half something like that mm -hmm. um the redlands farms at the redlands market yeah redlands okay. market night and honestly it was so much fun um i loved getting to meet people it was um it was always very energizing mm -hmm. to be able to you know let people taste the coffee share our story get them excited about it the original plan was to use it as a marketing platform for when we opened a cafe and um that way we had a built-in audience so we could say hey everybody we're here now <clears throat> well that um, didn't pan out right away. And so mm. what we did is we ended up shifting straight to, to wholesale direct. And, you know, everybody around me was telling me, Nate, our, our market night time is, is done. We've run a good course. It's time to pull out and focus on the wholesale. And I was the last one to, to actually say yes to it. And, and it took my wife, you know, I actually had, I had wisdom tooth surgery, so I was unable to carry anything heavy. Oh my gosh. So at that point in time, I was unable to load the, the <laughs> truck for all of our, you know, farmer's market stuff. So I'm having to ha ask my volunteer staff to come to my house, load everything up, take it in. And, and that was kind of humiliating. And so my wife one night, she's like, Nate, what is it you're afraid of? And again, it goes back to that same, you know, fear thing. I don't experience fear, at least consciously. Um, it's not been a big part of my story. And so for her to ask that question kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, I, you know, I just paused for a minute. I was like, well, I guess I'm afraid that we'll become irrelevant. If, if our public facing 
space where we're getting to meet people and tell the story about Wild Goose is gone, and all we're doing is roasting coffee in the background, then I, I fear that all of this hard work that I've put into getting this business off the ground is just going to go for naught, and we're going to fade away into the distance. Losing, and, losing the public face. Absolutely. And, and, then, and ultimately, that would translate into we'd have to close our doors because nobody would be interested in, in purchasing right. our product because they wouldn't have known about us. And so, um, ironically, uh, I, I did make the decision to go ahead and pull the plug on, on Market Night and focus on the wholesale. And when you look at our trajectory, there was very kind of level throughout that time. Mm -hmm. And the second we left Market Night, our, our graph you know, wow. shot upward. And uh, it was kind of a leap of faith on my part. Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, there's always some kind of, you know, fear or outweighing the pros and cons. Absolutely. And, and then you just got to go for it. Yeah. It, it kind of gave you an opportunity to really focus it on did. that, too. Yep. You know, I mean, doing the markets, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of fun and a it lot of work. It is a lot of fun. I mean, we, we've been doing it since January, a couple months now. And, yeah, the same, the same thing. It is a lot of work. It's very rewarding when you see the people, when you get to talk to them, and they like your concept, they like your product, they like what mm -hmm. you're doing. It's 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 nice to see that. So I can understand the fear of losing the public interaction. Um, but essentially, you're you're providing what they want, coffee. Yep. You know, so if you're focusing on that, being able to distribute, um, that's awesome. Being able to expand, that's great. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, now you, uh, it's right now. It's just a kind of a coffee roaster. You do have some tables expanded outside to yep. people to come hang out. Um, You've, I know you've, I know we've talked about this before, but you've thought about doing just a straight coffee shop or maybe another location. It's always in the back of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it haunts me every day, uh, for better and for worse. So. Yeah. Have yeah. you considered any other city or any other area you've been eyeing, or are you strictly kind of uh, staying in Upland? Um, or Redlands. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yes, is the short answer. I'm always looking for opportunities, whether they be near or far, mm -hmm. um, without going into too many details, because um, there's things always fluid and opportunities come our way and some we've well i should say all we've we've said no to um at this point because they've been a little bit far away so yeah we'll kind of wait and see where where <laughs> things go but i i could see the future of wild goose including cafes hopefully multiple cafes um perhaps even other roasteries in other spots that aren't you know so, southern california so that we can service their local communities really well as well awesome what so. made you um go in the direction of giving food like give, I mean, know you wanted to give back something but how did you come yeah so when I first wrote my business plan I had a, a, a list of about six or seven different charitable avenues that I thought would be a good fit and as I explored them deeper it just made a lot of sense that coffee would translate to food mainly because coffee is paired with breakfast or with a meal mm -hmm. um, coffee is a crop it's an agricultural product and so in essence it is a food of sorts and so, um, so I kind of honed in on that one and thought that, that one makes sense. And so, you know, people are buying coffee to take home with them and put in their cabinet just like they would, you know, their groceries or whatever. And so, right. um, the non-perishable groceries for the cabinet. And so, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so from the very get go, it was, uh, the thought was let's, let's make sure that we're committed to purchasing fairly from the farmers, um, overseas. So that would include fair trade certified coffee. It would also include other coffees that are not certified, but still what we would call fairly traded, which I can talk about more in a second. Um, but then let's take that same idea, that fair trade principle, and bring it home stateside. So uh, from the from the get go, it was let's let's donate ten pounds of food um, to local food banks for every single pound of coffee that we sell that we sell. And so when we were still back at Market Night, it was December of two thousand eight. Um, the local paper did an article on us where customers coming by our booth at market night 
had provided over 250 pounds of food to the food bank um, during the holidays. And it was really fascinating because A, it was confirmation that the model worked. B, it was really humbling to think that all of our hard work had provided real food for real people during a time where there's real need. Yeah, and, um, and now as we've expanded our operations, the food donations go uh, to areas specific to the local cafes. And so um, that number is almost 2.1 million pounds of food um, so far, wow. uh, which is just crazy to think about. That's amazing. I have, a math, I have a math degree, and it's hard for me to fathom what 2.1 million <laughs> pounds of food looks like. So that's, that's so uh, awesome. kind of fun. There was something that, that, I mean, the whole reason that you started was kind of to give back. You kind of have to make that decision in the beginning. Yes. And you're saying at the farmer's market, you already made that decision to start the program. Yep. And, and you were already giving back while at the farmer's market. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because now we've been in a spot where we've, we've attained a little bit of publicity or occasionally I'll get asked to speak at a this or a that. And, you know, everybody's really impressed with two million pounds of food. And I, I always, you know, really emphasize to people like it, it you, you can't do two million overnight. How do you do it? You just do one pound of coffee at a time. And right. so, you know, for us from the very get go, we just started on that course. And, you know, it does add up over time. It's, it's, uh, you know, for those of you math geeks out there, it's kind of like compound interest, right? Like you just yeah. got to start mm-hmm. and it does build over time. So That's although amazing. the food doesn't, you know double and quadruple like compound interest unless it's bacteria but (laughs) (coughs) we're going to hope that they're not giving that at the food banks that's uh, that's an abstruse example let's talk more about um uh, the whole fair fair trade coffee yeah so we get that question a lot is your coffee fair trade certified and if you look on our coffees most aren't um in fact right now we don't have any that are fair trade certified and so the response i give is that it's it's quote unquote better than fair trade so imagine a um imagine alter ego coffee lounge uh, is in full swing, and you've got 30 people sitting in there drinking coffee. So a good example of the way fair trade works is if each of those individuals in the cafe represented a coffee farm or a coffee farmer, then the way fair trade certification works is they would bring their crops to the alter ego co-op. Those would all, because they'd all be from, say, Guatemala or whatever, those would all get mixed together and sold at a fair trade premium price. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you know James over there sitting in the corner has a really killer crop of coffee because he spent a lot of time cultivating the crops and making sure they're well fed and harvested, et cetera, et cetera. And he could actually command better than fair trade prices on the free market. So he would it would be advantageous to him and his family to break from the co-op and just deal with the importer directly mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm gonna save all those certification fees. I'm gonna, you know, I can take more home in my own pocket to help my family and you know my community. So those are the types of people we we deal with. Awesome. So that's why you won't see certification, but you, you will see language of fairly traded on our on our product. Awesome. Interesting. Oh, can you talk about what we're drinking right now? Mm, yeah. yeah. So we are drinking a Zambia Mafinga, which is a natural processed coffee from Zambia, of course. And uh, it's interesting because I typically love Eastern African coffees. They tend to be very fruit forward, very bright. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's interesting because I'd never really seen Zambia pop up on the specialty coffee map. And our importer we work really closely with. And so before we bring in any coffees, we always bring in a bunch of samples. We sample roast them. And, you know, like the other day, we are sourcing a new Ethiopia. So we had a table full of seven different Ethiopia coffees. And, you know, sample roast them all. We, we cup them all. And we pick the all-star. And we say, okay, that's the one we're going to serve to our customers. So every now and then, we'll just get a sample sent to us in the mail. 
um, from our importer. That's and awesome. usually those are like, oh, we should pay attention to this mm-hmm. uh, because Brandon is thinking of us and saying, hey, you guys need to try this one out. And so um, so I thought, Zambia, that's that's a trip. So we, we sampled roasted. It's delicious. It's got kind of a green apple, Jolly Rancher tartness to it mm-hmm. is what it reminds me of. We also have a coffee from Malawi on the way that okay. was also a uh, surprise in our mailbox and sample roasted and said, that's the real deal. Let's that do that. Awesome. So, so yeah, so we, uh, we like to keep, you know, fun and unique offerings, uh, in addition to the standard coffees, which would be like Guatemala, Colombia, Ethiopia, Brazil, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Now, uh, you do cuppings. We do cuppings. We do cuppings every Friday at one o'clock here at the roastery. Uh, it's not spooning, uh, it's cupping. It's just a big <laughs> distinction. I want to make sure our audience <laughs> knows that. Uh, so cupping is the formal uh, coffee evaluation method. So um, you literally put coffee in a little small bowl and you sip with a spoon and you slurp really loudly and you know kind of make a fool of yourself. It's great. But what it does is it aerates the palate similar to wine tasting. You go through all the sensory um, elements. So you get a, w- a dry aroma, you get a wet aroma. There's a stage called breaking the crust, which is where you get a more aromatics. <clears throat> And then actually tasting. And, and so it's what we do to evaluate coffees before we bring them in. And we also host free cuppings every Friday so that you guys can try uh, all the different coffees in our lineup. And you can differentiate, you know, how does a Guatemala differ from a Colombia? How does that differ from an Ethiopia? What about the Zambia? You know, things like that. And so it's super fun. We also do cuppings on the first Saturday of every month at 10 a.m. For those awesome. of you who have real jobs. Awesome. And can't, can't do a Monday through Friday. You were just a giving back machine. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People ask me where I get the most joy in running a business. And it really is in, in the educational piece. Um, I guess I'm a teacher at heart still. Uh-huh. Um, it's also, and that education is both for the, for the individual customer, but also the cafe owners. Um, I love nothing more than going and, and visiting with one of our partner cafes and, and just sitting and observing and trying to give them tips on how they can grow their business. And, you know, really, it helps them have a better, more stress-free life, and and I, I do, I enjoy that. That's awesome. I know, uh, I know. Besides selling wholesale, you do uh, help train other cafes yep. too, staffs and everything. Yeah. So we're closed to the public on Mondays, and so the reason for that is we bring in other staff to um, do trainings, cuppings, things like that here at the roastery, and so we just trained an entire an entire staff of ten baristas just last Monday. Awesome. And it's really cool because they come in. Sort of know on coffee, some do, some don't, um, but everybody leaves excited. And awesome. there's something about coming to the roastery, seeing where everything happens, being trained, because uh, really we want people to enjoy good coffee. And so, you know, again, if we can help support the cafe owner by training their staff for free, um, brilliant, right? Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's amazing. yeah, we trained my friend for one of the, or the Lemon Festival that we did, or was it the Lemon Festival? No, uh, Irish Festival. Irish Festival. And she was just like, wow, I didn't know there was so much like, right. to coffee. She likes coffee, and yep. then she just like, this is just so interesting. Yeah, and the biggest mistake that, you know, aspiring baristas make is they think that making a shot of espresso is a piece of cake, and it's it's so nuanced that, uh, you know, it really does require that that training. So Extra, extra touch. Yep. It really does. Um all right, Nate, man, I have to say this has been awesome. I we definitely do want to come back and get some more video footage of you roasting some beans. Yeah, we'll, we'll Nate, fire up the machine. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll have to do that another time. Um, go ahead and plug, you know, what are the hours? When can we come check you out? Yeah, so we are, uh, our official address is 2351 West Lagonia Avenue in Redlands, Suite J. For those of you who can't remember a thing you hear, like me, uh, you just go onto the old Google Maps and type in Wild Goose Coffee, and it'll take you right here. Awesome. And uh, we're open Tuesday through, well, actually Tuesday through Saturday, but Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 3.30, and Saturdays, 9 to noon. Free cuppings every Friday at 1. 
And every first Saturday of the month at 10. There we go. That's a mouthful. And you can also get more info at wildgoosecoffee.com. Awesome. And if they wanted to order beans, they can order online. Yep, they can order online. We roast everything fresh, send it out. It's uh, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's what we really we really love that like you're local. We can get our beans fresh. The coffee is amazing. We give back. It's and you just have thank you. Quite a few different roasts up there, different beans. Yeah, we usually keep around eight to ten different different varietals on hand, and um, yeah, everything is roasted fresh to order. So. It always smells it's, amazing uh, in here. It's a lot Every of fun. Yeah. It's horrible. Our apartment smells like <laughs> wild goose. <laughs> so when I was teaching, so I used to come here in the morning. I guess it was at our other location. And I would have local deliveries to do in Yukaipa where I taught. And so there would be times where I'd have, you know, 100, 200 pounds of coffee sitting in my classroom no. in crates. And, uh, man, the students would walk in like, whoa, it smells a lot like coffee in here, Mr. <laughs> <Russell>. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, too, because we get people at the market. They're like, man, it smells so good at your booth. Like, I got to get some coffee. And I don't smell it. Yeah, you get immune to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To it. Yeah, when we're standing by the roaster, we don't smell a thing. I yeah. mean, we sort of do, but but yeah. you do kind of get immune to it. Um, can you tell us why you why you came up with Wild Goose, so the name? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, So in Celtic tradition... Um, back way in the day, um, Celtic farmers, when they would go hunting wild geese, the pursuit of the wild goose would lead them on crazy, unpredictable adventures. And they would come and sit around the campfire at night and share of their hunting exploits as though it were this grand adventure uh, that far exceeded their, you know, kind of dreams and imaginations. And so it became a term of endearment for God. Chasing after the wild goose will lead you on crazy, unpredictable adventures. And uh, for me, that has been absolutely my story with this business. Nothing has gone according to script. But everything has been way better than right. I could have written myself. Definitely. So, That's kind yeah. of like what we're going through right now with our with the concept that we came, first came up with. And then now we're doing markets. And now it's we wanted a shop, but maybe we're going to do something else. So yeah, you have to be flexible and willing to run with the punches. And, and you just have to trust that. Okay, it's going to work out, and that's... Uh, patience. Patience is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I hate patience. And he has way more patience than yeah. I have. Yeah, I, I uh, as, a, as a rule, tend to bite off more than I can chew, and so um, this I've has been, been a... I've been told that also. Yeah. So my wife keeps me on the level. She's like, are we sure we want to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sounding like maybe you don't <laughs> want us to do that. So. <laughs> and she's always way wiser than I am. So, so we, you know, big decisions, we always take time to evaluate because I tend to to want to jump the gun. It's good that you have someone else there to level you out. It is very Does good. she help you a lot with the business or is she? She would say no. Okay. I would say she helps out immeasurably. Yeah. Okay. You know, she's kind of my sounding board. She's my, my, uh, wisdom consultant, um, both in matters of, of, uh, interpersonal, you know, how to deal with this situation that comes up that might be, you know, a little bit more challenging than I can think of. And, or, you know, find a good solution. So, yeah, she she would say that, for, I mean, formally she would say she does not, but she right. absolutely helps out <laughs> like crazy. So, All right, Nate. Uh, I think that might be it, man. I thank you so much for stepping out and taking some time. Super fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Having us, me, us, the royal we. Thank you for having me. Well, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to come back and do this again sometime. Um, we'll, we'll have to do something comic book related, okay? So, if you had to pick... A comic book character to go have a cup of coffee with. <laughs> Who would you go have a cup of coffee with? Oh, man. Uh, so I always joke with my friends that I have a Superman complex. Okay. <laughs> so it would probably have to be Clark Kent or Superman. Clark just Kent. Because, okay. you know, I, uh, yeah, that would be the one. That would be great. So, that would be great. I mean, the, the, the true confession is I, I tend to think I can do it all and do it all well. Okay. And so every now and then I have to be reminded to take off the cape and just kind of 
you know, write a news article, so to for speak, sure. right? So Clark I think Clark the, would speak into that. <laughs> yeah, Clark yeah. would be the man to talk to about that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's your awesome. alter ego's Nate, like yeah. you're Nathan. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I pull off the glasses and watch out. The muscles come out. Whole different it's person. crazy. <laughs> That's what coffee does to you. That's right after the cup. That's right. All right, guys. Thank it's you so when, much. It's uh, when my staff told me, get off the roof, please. <laughs> Put the cape down. That's when we know I'm in trouble. The trampoline is not going to work. That's right. <laughs> Pull it to the side. Awesome. All right, Nate. Thank you so much for coming through, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, thank guys. you. All right, thanks. This episode is brought to you by our patrons from the AEL Podcast Patreon page. Help support our podcast for as little as $1 a month and become a patron at www.patreon.com slash AEL podcast. Thank you for listening to the Alter Ego Lounge podcast. Stay connected and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. For more information or coffee catering services, please visit us at alteregolounge.com or email us at info at alteregolounge.com.